Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, it's Brennan Marcello. Thanks for joining me here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Going solo again as I record this live via tape delay. Slate Sunday night on a rainy night on the plains. Uh, it hadn't rained in 41 days here in Auburn. At least at my place, at my house, and in my neighborhood. And uh, definitely needed uh, <laughs> need the rain. And the temperature's dropping. I guess fall is kind of finally... Here on the plains after 90-degree weather, 90-degree weather, 100-degree weather. So, anyway, and football's back. Uh, Auburn finally off of its bye week. Returned to practice Sunday night. They focused, of course, a lot on Arkansas. Sunday night practices are usually set aside to fix some things with technique and broken plays and things from the previous game, but they didn't have to do that because they didn't have a game Saturday. So they focused solely on Arkansas. Uh, on Sunday. The big question, of course, for Auburn, which we'll discuss going into this game and here on this podcast as we move along, is just what the heck is Auburn going to do at running back? Jartavius Booby Whitlow is out for this game and is out for the next three to five weeks, at least according to the timetable, uh, if we follow it uh, as Gus Malzahn placed it. Um, so what, what's Auburn going to do? Um, you know, Gus said that he split the reps equally among the running backs last week. It's not completely hard to believe, difficult to believe that because it was a bye week. But this week, when you put in a game plan, unless you are truly rotating three, four tailbacks in a game, there's no way those reps are going to be equal. And Gus Malzahn, I want to go into detail about that, and he also didn't say that, but that's just common sense. Who's going to be that guy? I, I, I've long said, and, and sources have told me, people close to the program have told me, I should say, that's got to be DJ Williams. He's a guy that fits the mold in every down back that can help Auburn immediately. He only has seven carries for 32 yards, and they all came in the fourth quarter of that blowout against Mississippi State a few weeks ago. But he's been dealing with some you know, health issues. You know, He entered um, uh, the season with... Uh, uh, not a banged up shoulder, but he had off-season shoulder surgery, so he was unable to participate in some of preseason practices. But he got healthy, but then he had a hip flexor, and that limited him for the first three weeks of the season, and they finally got healthy enough to be able to play late in that Mississippi State game, and he's going to have to play against Arkansas. One, to get him ready for LSU here in two weeks, um, and more about LSU and the SEC here in a bit as well on the podcast, but... um. Williams has got to be the guy, in my opinion. Cam Martin, Gus Malzahn really likes him. 
the way he's just a straight line runner and will just move forward no matter what. But if you're going to have a guy that can be explosive but also be an every down guy, it's going to be DJ Williams. I don't think there's another back on this roster like him other than Whitlow. And obviously Whitlow's injured right now. Um, I know we get a lot of questions from you guys about Harold Joyner um, on the body of the message board and also on Twitter. And, you know, from the people I've talked to, he's just not going to be a running back, so to speak. He's not going to carry the ball. Um, he could be a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, but I just don't see him being a guy that's going to carry the ball 10 times a game. Unless I am, you know, unless Auburn's just trying to hide it and they're, you know, they got something up their sleeve for him. I just don't see it happening based off the people I've talked to. I know a lot of you guys are in love with him because he's six foot four, big guy, big running back, but he's more of a guy that can kind of catch the ball out of the backfield more than run it between the tackles. So I think what you're going to see this week at Arkansas for Auburn is a running back rotation that consists of DJ Williams, Cam Martin, Sean Shivers. Those are going to be your three main guys. Um, I would be sh- not surprised or shocked, but my belief is is that Auburn can go in this game and they're going to try their best to not have to throw the ball more than 15 to 18 times. That's my hunch. I think they're going to want to go in there, run the ball with authority, fix some things, work on a few things, communication on the road, and then get out of there with the win, get some confidence going before they go to LSU. You know, Auburn's a 17.5-point favorite as of this taping Sunday night for a reason. Arkansas is really terrible. They're horrible. They're worse than they were last year. They're just bad. Um, The first game I got to really watch them was this past Saturday when they played at Kentucky, and they're just bad guys. They're they're bad all around. It's not like you can look at and go, well, there's a strong point there, and there's there's the weak spot. They're just bad all around. I, I don't know what has happened to that program, but it, it's it does not look like an SEC team. And uh, as one of my colleagues said, well, what's that say about Vanderbilt, which is uh, just got beat by 24 at home by UNLV? Well, I, I guess what it says is that Albert, or excuse me, Arkansas and Vanderbilt are on the same level because I actually believe, because I'm from Arkansas, I believe – UNLV's win at Vanderbilt was its first win against an SEC team since it beat, ready for this, Arkansas in like the 2000 UNLV, or UNLV, 2000 Las Vegas Bowl, I believe. One of the just most boring games you'll ever watch. I remember watching it. Um, and I think that's the last time UNLV as a program had a win, a win against an SEC program. So Arkansas and Vanderbilt can shake hands and go, hey, meet at the bar and put a, you know, say, I want to buy my friend here around. Um, he's been beaten by UNLV just like me uh, 19 years ago. Wow, that was 19 years ago. Um, but anyway, Arkansas is just in dire shape right now. They've played some close games. I understand that. You know, they had a chance against A&M. They obviously had a chance against Kentucky. They were up 13-0 against Kentucky, but you know Kentucky, playing with a receiver at quarterback, came back and beat the Razorbacks. It just shows you that it's not a program filled with players or coaches that are accustomed to winning, so they don't know how to win in the final minutes. They don't know how to win when it's crunch time. 
And you just look at some of their numbers and it proves it. And this is the number that proves everything to me about just how bad and terrible Arkansas is. When it comes to crunch time, when it t- comes time to execute, Arkansas is terrible. Their red zone offense, listen to this, is the fourth worst in the country. Fourth worst. They rank 127th. 65.2% of the time they get inside the 20-yard line, they score. 65.2%. Obviously, they're also one of the worst teams scoring touchdowns in the red zone as well. I think it's about 43%. It's not the fourth worst, but it's in the bottom 15, bottom 20 in the nation. That's terrible. Horrible. And we all know Auburn's defense is legit. We know that. Auburn's red zone defense tied for 12th nationally. Bad matchup there. So if Arkansas does move the ball against Auburn, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but if Arkansas does move the ball against Auburn up and down the field, when they get in the red zone, they're they're probably cooked anyway. They haven't been able to score against anybody in the red zone this year. It's just a bad Arkansas team. So it's going to be interesting to see how Auburn comes out and approaches this game because, let's be honest, it's human nature. You You can easily look over this game. One could also argue Auburn's going to be so peeved off about the way they lost at Florida two weeks ago that they're going to come out and try and take it out on Arkansas. We'll see. Auburn is obviously a much more talented and deeper team um, in this matchup. But Arkansas has played some close games, even though San Jose State beat them at Razorback Stadium. Um, I mean, they almost beat A&M in a neutral site. Um, they should have beaten Kentucky, but blew it. Um, they play close games, but Auburn's going to be the most talented team they face so far, and they, they should really have no shot at beating the Tigers. Um, but I, I'm really interested to see how Auburn approaches the game, not just from the human nature standpoint of take it seriously or you come out on fire. You got revenge on your mind. You're wanting to get that Florida loss out of your head. Or are they kind of sleepy and tired when they wake up in the morning and play an early game in Arkansas at 11 a.m. on the SEC network? I don't know. I, I think only the players could tell you if you gave them some truth serum. But um, it, it'll be interesting. And like I said, I, I think Auburn's just going to run the ball a lot. I really do. Um, and they need to because they got to figure out that running back situation. As much as they got to get Bo Nix confidence at quarterback, they got to figure out the running back situation because they don't figure that out this week. Do you really want to go to LSU in the Bayou and try to figure that out, the running game out? No chance. You don't want to do that. Absolutely zero chance of wanting to do that. Um, so the SEC certainly is a little crazy right now, and I want to talk – a little bit, just my thoughts on the SEC. You might not agree with them. That's cool. But I want to talk about the SEC, Auburn's place in the SEC, where they kind of stack up in my mind, and how things have changed a little bit after I actually got to sit down and watch a lot of football uh, this weekend during the bye week. Um, That's coming up right after these messages. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Like a lot of you, I got to sit back and actually watch football this week. Um, Usually on Saturdays, it's almost impossible. Um, I mean, it's a full work day uh, for me and other writers, so which has always kind of made it funny to me that the AP poll has writers voting when they're usually beat writers and they don't have time to watch other games. So anyway, uh, that's beside the point <laughs> about, about voting and all that in the AP poll, um, which doesn't matter anymore. Only the college football playoff rankings matter, but watching the sec teams, a couple things stood out to me. One, I've said it before, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but Georgia certainly looks like the team out of these big three for Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU, that it has the best chance to beat. One, because of it being at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Two, I'm not too confident in Georgia's offense to really get things done in the crunch. I know they did it against Notre Dame, but, man, losing to South Carolina the way they did, Jake Fromm throwing three picks, including a pick six, um, Two missed field goals in crunch time. And, and of course, they'll miss field goal and double overtime to lose it to South Carolina 20 to 17. Um, I still think that's the most winnable game for me, uh, for Auburn. But when, when I was watching these other games, you know, of course, I watched Arkansas, Kentucky. That's Auburn's next opponent. But I also watched LSU, Florida. Kind of like split screen going on, going back and forth. And, and I watched Alabama and Texas A&M. And, the thing that's sticking out to me about the SEC this year is that it's top teams, it's top, top, tippity-top, top-tier teams, so to speak. They're almost like Big 12 teams. Now, now hear me out. <laughs> I'm not talking about the Big 12 today. I'm talking about the Big 12 that everybody used to criticize a few years ago when it was, oh, they don't play defense there and it's just all offense, Texas Tech and the air raid and Oklahoma and what they were doing with Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops before him, Um, Missouri when they were back in the Big 12. I say that because, one, listen, Alabama and LSU's offenses are just absolutely potent and amazing, especially through the air. They've got fantastic quarterbacks in Joe Burrow and Tua. We know that. They've got amazing receivers. But their defenses just don't seem to be what they used to be, do they? You know, particularly watching Alabama throughout the season, I'm just not seeing it as far as 
a team that's just not going to give up the big plays like three times a game. Because it, it seems like they're good for like three big plays to give up on Alabama's defense. And sure enough, you know, they, they allowed Texas A&M to score, you know, four touchdowns. In a game, I thought they were just going to blow them out and really dominate them. And I mean, they, they blew them out, but it wasn't – it just seemed like a Big 12 game to me. If you know what I mean? I know that sounds weird and it's not very, like, <laughs> you know, like in-depth. Like, here's my in-depth. Let me tell you a little bit about the Al. The left guard situation is really affecting Alabama – um and and on defense so really you know I don't ha- I don't have that knowledge you know that that intricate knowledge I'm not going to sit here and act like I do but just from watching the seeing the scores and then watching their defense it reminds me of a Big 12 score that doesn't mean Alabama can't win a national championship doing that in fact I think they could and probably will um cuz I you know that you know I just don't know who's going to beat them Alabama. I just don't. They can score against anybody. Anybody. Um, LSU, I'd say the same thing. They can score against anybody. I mean, Florida's defense is legit. You guys know that. You saw it uh, up close two weeks ago when they faced Auburn. Auburn scored one touchdown, and it was only one touchdown because it was a short field on a stupid fake punt by Dan Mullen, and Auburn took over and scored. Their defense is legit. But LSU did pretty much anything they wanted to. But Florida, whose offense is pedestrian in my opinion, did whatever they really wanted against LSU too. They threw some picks. We know that. They get in the, they got in the red zone, and LSU disguised some things and got the turnovers when they needed to. And that's all that really matters, it seems like, in the SEC now. Get turnovers, you win. Usually that's a recipe for success anyway, but it's like you're in a shootout and you gotta get two turnovers to win it. Um I mean, forty two to twenty eight. I mean, I thought I was watching Steve Spurrier uh, Steve Spurrier Florida team going against uh Jerry Donardo LSU team that's really bad. But the revolt roles were reversed a little bit. You know? They were able to score some points, LSU, but it didn't matter because Florida's defense was bad. But the, obviously the roles were reversed this go-around. LSU's defense has allowed everybody to score against them. Vanderbilt scored a lot of points against them. And I know it's it's like one of those situations where, you know, you're up huge anyway, so it doesn't really matter, but you're still giving up points, and your starters are still in the game. They were still in the game against Florida. Florida had a chance. I thought LSU was going to blow Florida out because I thought Florida, I thought as you know, as average as LSU's defense has looked at times this year, I thought Florida's offense has been average to below average because of personnel. They've got two really good receivers, a quarterback who's growing, an offensive line that's, uh, but they made it work against LSU. Dan Mullen called some good plays. He got Kyle Pitts at tight end <laughs> incredibly involved. Um, but what I'm getting at here is the two best teams in the SEC, I think without a doubt, are Alabama and LSU. And they look more like Big 12 teams than SEC teams to me. They look more like Big 12 teams from a few years ago than an SEC team nowadays. I don't mean that as disrespect. I just They're just giving up more points than I'm accustomed to seeing from them. Why is that? This is me just being... 
broad and just saying what I think. I, I think it's because both of these programs have adapted and adopted this hurry up philosophy offensively. And no matter how talented they are defensively, the defense is kind of taking a back seat a little bit and progression and defending when they actually go ones against ones or ones against twos in spring camp and in the off season. So not to say they get lackadaisical, but when you improve one side of the ball dramatically, usually what happens is the other side of the ball takes a little bit of a step back. That just, that just happens in college football um, in all levels of football whether it's either because of practice time or how they approach practice or how the players approach it. I don't know. I think it's a mix of all kinds of things. Or the defense you know, doesn't necessarily have it completely in them to be playing a full 60 minutes when they know their offense can just bail them out whenever they want to. But, see, again, I'm just throwing things against the, the wall. But what I'm saying is, is that you never quite see a team that's like, scoring 55 points a game and allowing three points, you know? And Alabama has been pretty good defensively for the most part, but they've, they've allowed some points. LSU particularly has allowed some points. Um, so, long story short, <laughs> Auburn's got a shot against LSU, but Auburn's offense has really got to get clicking, even though LSU's defense is struggling, because... As good as Auburn's defense is, man, LSU's pass offense is just incredible. And that's Auburn's quote-unquote weakness, if you want to call it that. Same with Alabama. They, I mean, and Alabama's really got all the tools on offense, in my opinion, running and throwing the ball. Um, but LSU, the first one up for Auburn here in two weeks, it's critical. It's absolutely critical, and I think Auburn's got a shot. And that you know how I talked about how it seems like offense has become such a bigger deal for Alabama and LSU, particularly LSU. Because we all know what the LSU offense used to look like. Now it's this wide open attack where Joe Burrow is just putting up incredible numbers at quarterback. And how it seems like the defense has trailed off a little bit. I mean, Dave Aranda is a guy that always coached top five defenses, and he does not have that this season at LSU as a defensive coordinator. He did it at Wisconsin, he did it at LSU, and it's not happening at LSU right now. Then I look at Auburn, and it's like the exact opposites happened. Gus Malzahn came in, lit the world on fire as a head coach in 13-14, scoring lots of points, setting records, all that stuff. But the defense wasn't quite there. And they kind of took a back seat to everything. So he realized he needed to improve the defense. So what's he do? He goes and hires Will Muschamp. Then he gets Kevin Steele. Slowly but surely, the defense gets on track. And, and these last four seasons, three-plus seasons, I should say, Kevin, Kevin Steele have been the best we've seen from Auburn since the mid-2000s. So I think, I think everybody can say that with ease. But the offense, since 14, since the end of 14, 15, 16, 17 was fine, and 18. It's just kind of been, you know, meandering. They've got their moments, but not really from time to time. 17 was maybe 
the third best offense, fourth best offense Malzahn's had in his seven years here at Auburn. And they won an SEC West title, but then they struggled in the SEC championship game when they got injured with Carry On Johnson. So what I'm saying is this. <laughs> you see these programs, they identify a weakness. These top-tier programs identify a weakness, so they get better at that weakness. But it's at a cost. It's at the cost of the other side of the ball. LSU and Alabama, for them, it was getting their offense up to speed these last four years. The defense has taken a little bit of a step back at Alabama, not as big as LSU, I think. I think LSU's defense has taken a bigger step back. And LSU's defense has taken a step back. Auburn, the offense has taken a step back while the defense has stepped up. It's crazy, but that's just how it's going right now. And I think what you're going to see is programs like Florida where their defense is carrying them right now, but that offense is going to catch up. And I think Florida's got a chance to win the East. I said it before the season, but that was before I actually got real in-depth with them, and I thought Felipe Franks would light the world on fire offensively, and, of course, he's out for the season. But Georgia just seems vulnerable, but Georgia's also maybe the best-built team to win a championship. If that sounds right, even though I'm saying being contradicting myself, because their defense is legit, they hold people in check, Georgia does, but their offense just kind of just gets it done, but hasn't been too impressive this season. And I, I said going into this year that Georgia's offense, I think, was going to take a little bit of a step back. I said that. Go look it up. Go find it somewhere. I said it. Not to toot my own horn, but I just said, I, I saw it coming. Even though they had some of these pieces, I just they're missing a couple things. And they're trying new things out. They're trying to get the ball to George Pickens, you know. And he's mostly been great. But I know Auburn fans don't want to hear that, but it's just the SEC is a little weird to me right now. This is this is not my SEC. This is not the SEC I'm accustomed to, to seeing. I don't know about you, but that that's just my takeaways just from first seven weeks of the season and then finally actually getting to sit down and watch full games and look at things from a different perspective this past weekend because I, I was kind of surprised. Um, not surprised, but like, you know, going, wow, that I don't remember LSU giving up a big play like that before that many times. I don't remember the middle of the field being that open. What's going on? I don't know. If Auburn get its offense going, they've got a shot in the West, guys. I'm telling you, they still, they're still they not out of it. It's just, can they get it going without Booby Whitlow at running back? I don't know. Okay, guys, so I uh, I went to Twitter. I said, hey, you guys got any questions? I'll ask them. And you guys responded unenthusiastically. There were not many responses. And uh, I can tell, one, that it's a Sunday night for you guys. And, two, it's Arkansas week. And Auburn's coming off loss against Florida, so you're probably not too interested right now. But you'll get interested enough. Here's a th- here's a, here, quick quick sidebar. Football is amazing. College football is the best sport on the planet. Okay? And when it's gone, there's this gaping hole in our hearts. There really is. It, when it's gone, it just nothing feels the same. So here's what I say. You better enjoy every week while you have it because it's going to be gone soon. We're already more than halfway through the regular season. 
and it's almost gone. So enjoy it, even if it's quote-unquote Arkansas week, and Auburn's a huge favorite. Would you rather Auburn not be a favorite against Arkansas? I doubt that. All right, so I went to Twitter, asked for your questions. I got two questions, and they're probably going to be pretty quick answers. Uh, at the Devin Morris asks, why is Georgia ranked ahead of Auburn? Okay, I, this was a really hot topic on the Body Get a Message board and on Twitter. Um, listen, I can't explain what other voters are thinking. I mean, the coaches poll and the AP poll, where the media members both voted. What you have is a tendency of if a team is ranked at like three or they're high, you usually only drop them, you know, a certain amount for some reason. I don't necessarily believe in that way of doing things. But, I mean, Georgia lost to an unranked South Carolina team at home. Really? And they, and they only, and they, and they're still ranked in the top 10? I don't know about that. I would probably put Auburn one spot ahead of them, maybe. But having said that, it's just who really cares? <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not diminishing your question. What I'm trying to say is, is who cares because it, they're going to play at some point, Auburn and Georgia, of course. And also the only rankings that matter are the college football playoff rankings. And I can almost guarantee you that if Auburn – and if college football rankings were released today, which they're not, they're not going to be released until November, the first ones. If they were released today, I almost guarantee you Auburn would be ahead of Georgia. But it doesn't matter because Auburn's going to face Georgia one-on-one anyway, head-to-head. Then you can settle that. Auburn's got two wins against ranked opponents. At least one of them was ranked. Um, Texas A&M's not ranked anymore. Um, so... But Tulane might be getting ranked here soon if they can win at Memphis this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't get too burned. if you're an, I know you're an Auburn fan. You know, you want you, you want Auburn to be, be the best at everything and be ahead of Georgia, one of your rivals. But I don't want to lose too much sleep over that because you're going to face Georgia at some point anyway, and then everything will be moot. Uh, at L Glover 89 asks, is it possible for – Tackle offensive tackle Bailey Sharp to get a medical red shirt for this season. Uh, Glover, I, I don't believe so because Bailey, um, already red shirted. I don't think he can, he can get him, I don't think that can happen. And, and I think they're still trying and holding out hope that they'll get him back by the Georgia game actually, um, to help out. Having said that, I, I, th- I think. It would probably be in best interest of both parties, Auburn and Bailey Sharp, if he just moves on after this season anyway. He's been around for, you know, four or five seasons, and Auburn's got a new crop of guys coming in, and I know they're starting all over, and you're like, well, it'd be good to have some leadership and seniority there. But, you know, Bailey Sharp has started one game in his life uh, at Auburn, and that was against Kent State, and he hurt his knee uh, in that game. And he's had three um, – no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Austin Troxel. But Bailey Sharp, coming off an in- knee injury, they're expecting him back maybe by the Georgia game. He gives you some depth. But then you're going to try and count on him to be a starter next year, even though they've got some guys coming in who they believe can step in and be a starter immediately. And he has to compete for the job again. I, I-, I wouldn't even see that happening. But I don't think he can get that medical red shirt anyway. So, um, Yeah. So that's it. That's all, that's all the questions you guys had. It's Arkansas week. I know you're probably not too pumped about it, but it's football. 
It's football, guys. Um, I get to go back uh, to my stomping grounds and uh, see at least one friend who actually doesn't even live in Arkansas anymore, but it just so happens going to be in town this week. And so I'm going to go see him Friday night maybe and then fly back out first thing Sunday morning back to Auburn um, and get ready for LSU week. Um, big, 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 big week. But Auburn's got to get through Arkansas first. We'll see what happens. I think Auburn's going to run the ball quite a bit. And they got to get DJ Williams going. They just have to. But anyway, we'll talk more about that later this week on the podcast. Hopefully we'll get a roundtable podcast going with all the crew at Auburn Undercover and all inside the Auburn Tigers. But for now, that's it. Make sure and check out Auburn.247sports.com for full coverage and much more coming up this week as Auburn prepares to face Arkansas. And the men's basketball team goes to Homewood, Alabama for SEC Basketball Media Day Wednesday. And then on Thursday, uh, it's tip-off at Toomers where they're going to hold their kind of midnight madness type deal, which is it's not going to be midnight, at the corner, at Toomers Corner. They're going to put a court there on the road. It's going to be really cool uh, Thursday night. So much more coverage from that as well this week. I'll see you guys down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go Undercover with Auburn Undercover. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.